Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How is your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready Ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Yelenich, and tonight we have a very intriguing topic. The question I'm asking you is, are you a lover of nature? No, oh, this is going to be an interesting one. I bet you have no idea where this is going because, quite frankly, this is a very new topic to my universe. Um, so I'm excited to share the research I have found. I did put it out on social media for anybody who is um, an ecosexual, if they would like to come on and talk about that. Love to talk to you guys. If you are listening and you identify yourself as an ecosexual, I would love to hear from you. Um, so what is the pleasure zone all about, right? Like, what are we doing here? So what this show to me is about is being the invitation for you to have no judgment of you, your body, your choices, and the things that actually bring forth pleasure in your life. Now, whether that's sex uh, and a lot of times we go pleasure equals sex, but there's lots of other things that are um, that can evoke pleasure in our bodies. So what are we going to explore with pleasure today? And my little pleasure seeker friends, what would you like to talk about today? Well, I'm going to be talking about are you a lover of nature and the eco-sexual movement. And what I'd like to know is what would you like to talk about? So if there are some... Um, if there are some of you out there who have ideas that um, I haven't spoken about, then I would love to hear from you about that. Um, I know I've had a few ideas and people would like to talk more about some some kink topics that are out there, um, which is really fun for me. A lot of that actually involves research for me, and I'm all about the research. And then I had this fabulous idea today. I thought, you know, it would be really fun to do some live videos, and I actually proposed that to my friend Christine, who is the CEO uh, owner of Inspired Choices Network. And I said uh, I had some I had some video ideas, and I'd actually like to do some DIY videos. Um, so they may be coming up in the next near future as well. Some DIYs for how to make your own um, sex toys, kittens, kittens, and pleasure seekers out there. So I think it would be really fun to explore um, some, I don't know, some ideas I have for make your own sex toys. Hopefully nobody ends up getting electrocuted. So what else? I don't know. I got lots of fun coming uh, coming up in my thoughts about what could be fun to create. And I also had this like really fun idea about being the roving reporter, going to these different... It was actually the eco-sexuals that brought this idea up in my mind as I was watching that they have these events around the world that you can go to. 
Um, they're very open about like who can come in. It's not like you have to show up with, um, you know, your leathers on or something. Like you don't. It's not a, a total kink fest, um, but yet at the same time it is. And I thought it'd be really fun to go into environments and do um, live one-on-one videos and audio um, interviews with people in their environment, uh, in their kink environment, so that I can you know, get the energy full on while they're present with um, the energy of what really turns them on. Who knows where this show will uh, will really be going in the future? I really don't know, but I'm really excited to see that. And maybe, we'll, maybe we're going to find ways to be creating these shows where I can just drop in some interviews uh, from random kink nights that I may, may uh, attend. Um, it started to really intrigue me, especially with the creation of the hedonist classes that I have coming up. And if you missed my episode last week on um, hedonism, the classes truly are evolving in my mind on so many levels. Um, yes, they haven't even been been uh, put out on the universe for anybody to to um, actually uh, register yet. And they are already growing and magnifying uh different ideas and just really excited about where that's where that's headed and I really love my lover husband's response to it when I said did did you hear what I was talking about when you were like lying in bed beside me last week, and I was doing the show um and I said. And he said, oh, about the part that you want to be a sex educator, where you like actually doing the sex stuff? I'm like, yeah, that part. He said, yeah, that makes total sense. Lots of people want to do that. I'm like, lots of people? I don't know that lots of people want to do that. But I didn't take that conversation further yet. We'll see where that goes. Uh, maybe we'll be have. Who knows where it'll go? I don't know that my lover husband would actually like step up and choose to teach with me but we'll see that would be really funny and really cute so uh yes i am wondering i'm wondering i'm wondering the world is opening up to me in strange and mysterious ways and right when i think i've done my very last possible topic for sex and pleasure something else shows up like ecosexuals and God love the world where there is so much variety and choice and possibility for pleasure. It's just amazing. And I I just love that people are willing to explore things that are maybe some of them, you know, we might think they're new because what we have a name for it now. We call it an e- we call people ecosexuals. But really if we truly look at it, how ancient old um is this maybe actually something what we would have called paganism? You know, are these elements of paganism and different elements of um, worshipping the earth? When we talked last week about hedonism, I mentioned in the last segment about my desire to have people's bodies be worshipped again in a way that's revering them, that's acknowledging all of uh, all of their sensual and sexual natures, and I just thought it'd be really fun to gift our bodies, um, you know, different different things like um, giving them what's the word for it? Uh, 
when you kind of pay homage to something anyway you can you can give it offerings um just like in different temples people give offerings to the gods or to deities or um offerings to the earth you know offerings to our bodies and this show is actually more about what are we offering the earth um i'd actually really like to read to you guys because of the research i'd like to give you some information from the from the ecosexuals um the ones who actually have really brought this to the forefront. Um, these are two women named Beth Stevens and Annie Sprinkle. And Beth and Annie are both educators and artists, and really this is the work that they bring um, to the table is fascinating stuff. I actually, just before the show, about an hour before the show, I had some time to research, and I found Annie Sprinkle on uh, Facebook, and I wrote to her, and I just said, I know this is really random, Annie, and I've got 50 minutes till I go live, but if you'd like to come and join me, I'd love to have you on the show. Maybe maybe I'll get lucky enough to actually have another conversation about ecosexuals um, with Annie herself, or possibly Beth and Annie. How cool would that be? So... The Ecosex Manifesto I thought was interesting because when I read it, I thought I can actually identify with a lot of these things. So am I an ecosexual? And that is what kind of sparked one of the questions that I wrote even um, prior to reading this information. I actually wondered maybe am I an ecosexual? I mean, when I am turned on and I'm receiving from nature or, for example, I live in like, this middle of nowhere place and I have 45 acres of property bunch of cleared space bunch of woods and there have been times where it's like the most turn on thing possible in my universe is to go outside naked walk off to you know walk off to the backwoods uh get naked and masturbate while the sun's like hitting me in the face and just like lying there naked in the middle of the sun in the middle of the field is and receiving like just the energy of it to me is actually far more sexual than pornography quite frankly um so i think after reading some stuff i'm like I might actually be an ecosexual and I didn't even know it. How fucking cute am I? And there have been many a time, actually, I could point out my favorite part of the property where um, at the beginning of my relationship with my lover, one day I was just like so freaking horny. I pulled him into the, um, I pulled him off for a walk and just like, just kind of took his clothes off and did him in the field. Why? Because I could. And actually, looking back on, um, looking back on it, I had friends who were, who were Wiccan, and they would uh, on May first, I think it was May first, they would go out to the to the fields and make love in the fields to have a, a relationship with nature to assist nature in its uh, in its creation of new plants and new growth. It was like a celebration, I guess, that was something that people have been doing for a very long time. So, pretty cool, actually. So, here's the actual manifesto from the ecosexuals. You can find them. Um, they actually have a site called the the ecosexuals.ucs.edu. If you just if you just keyword search the ecosexuals or ecosex, you'll find 
um, information on them. So the Ecosex Manifesto, um, I'll read it from what they wrote word by word. So we are the ecosexuals. The earth is our lover. We are madly, passionately, and fiercely in love. And we are grateful for this relationship each and every day. In order to create a more mutual and sustainable relationship with the earth, we collaborate with nature and we treat the earth with kindness, respect, and affection. Now, I think that description alone uh, would qualify a lot of people that I know as ecosexuals. We're going to move on, part two. There's quite a few parts to the manifesto, so I'll just let you know about them. We'll talk a little bit more about some of them in depth. So, we make love with the earth. We are aquaphiles, so those are people who, you know, get off with water. Terraphiles, people who get off with the earth. Pyrophiles are people who get off with fire. And aerophiles are people who get off with air and, you know, breeze and wind. We shamelessly hug trees, massage the earth with our feet, talk erotically to plants. We are skinny dippers, sun worshippers, and stargazers. We caress rocks, are pleasured by waterfalls, and admire the earth's curves often. We make love with the earth through our senses. We celebrate our e-spots. We are very dirty. <laughs> I love that because, uh, yes... Some of my most fun sex, aside from uh, the fields, is making love in water. Definitely waterfalls is a bonus. Um, and I think, I don't know who's who hasn't had an erotic fantasy about waterfalls, or maybe I'm just unusual and have had quite a few between the waterfalls and what we were talking about last week with um, the invitation to uh, to like masturbate in front of crowds of people Somehow there's something just lovely about all of it. Um, So, I don't know. Life is fun. And also, so number part three, we we are a rapidly growing global community of ecosexuals. This community includes artists, academics, sex workers, sexologists, healers, environmental activists, nature fetishists, Gardeners, business people, therapists, lawyers, peace activists, eco-feminists, scientists, educators, re-evolutionaries, critters, and other entities from diverse walks of life. Some of us are sexologists, researching and exploring the places where sexology and ecology intersect in our culture. As consumers, we aim to buy less. When we must, we buy green, organic, and local, whether on farms, at sea, in the woods, or in small towns or large cities. We connect and empathize with nature. And I read that, and I think, my mom is an ecosexual. We are ecosex activists. We will save the mountains, waters, and skies by any means necessary, especially through love, joy, and our powers of seduction. We will stop the rape, abuse, and the poisoning of the earth. We do not condone the use of violence, although we recognize that some ecosexuals may choose to fight those most guilty for destroying the earth with public disobedience, anarchist and radical environmentalist activist strategies. We embrace the revolutionary tactics of art, music, poetry, humor, and sex. We work and play tirelessly for earth, justice, and global peace. Bombs hurt. 
Well, that part's interesting to me, too. So when I was about 18 years old, my friends actually gifted me for Christmas was one of my favorite presents I ever got uh, was one acre of the rainforest. And I literally cried. And I was like, wow, this is maybe like the sweetest, greatest gift that, that you just gave me a piece of the earth. And, and so much as you can gift that. But to me, it was like they got that how much I cared about the planet and that if this meant that in my name that it was going to be protected, that was just so awesome to me. Um, still brings tears to my eyes. It's a pretty awesome thing. So ecosexual is an identity. For some of us, being ecosexual is a primary sexual identity, whereas for others it's not. Ecosexual can be gay, lesbian, bi, uh, transsexual, you know, the GBLTQ, all the letters, um, heterosexual, asexual, and other. We invite and encourage ecosexuals to come out. We are everywhere. We are polymorphous and polyamorous rather than polyamorous. I love their play on words. They're so great. We educate people about ecosex culture, community, and practices. We hold these truths to be self-evident that we are all part of, not separate from nature. Thus, all sex is eco-sex. And I have to agree, all sex actually is eco-sex in that, to me, when I, when I am copulating with joy, I am inviting the earth uh, to receive energy and I'm receiving energy from the earth as well. And what I love is that they refer to the earth no longer as like a, so much as a mother, but as a lover. So that's kind of fun to you. And the eco-sex pledge is, I promise to love, honor, and cherish you, Earth, until death brings us closer together forever. Kind of sweet. Like, there's such sweetness in it that I really, really like that. And such powerful, such a powerful message. So, um, I just want to invite, oh, I went a little bit over time um, before my break. So, I just want to invite all of you guys to kind of play with some of those and ponder, you know, you know, is it funny? Like at first, did you think this whole topic was really hilarious and maybe funny or strange? And maybe somewhere deep in your heart, somewhere deep in your heart, you actually identify um, as somebody that is a lover of the earth and, and the beauty of that. Um, and how much more when we do choose to be lovers of the earth, can we contribute to changing some of the stuff that's going on on the planet? We know that thoughts um, can actually transcend pretty much time and space and that we can utilize anything like our energy and our thoughts to to change things. Um, we see evidence in that with the work of Dr. Emoto and his water molecules. So yeah, what could we do if we, we chose to be the lover of the earth? Hmm, sweet. I love that. So love you guys to play with those um those bits of the manifesto and see what resonates with you. And we're going to head off to break and I'm going to go make love to the moon or something for the next three minutes. And I'll be right back after these messages. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question. Always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Amelia Yelenich, and tonight our topic is, Are You a Lover of the Earth? And this is actually inspired from a video I saw posted on social media, um, which is also on YouTube. And um, it's, it was a one-minute video, and at first I thought, is this somebody like doing like a joke video? Is this like a J.P. Sears video uh, about, you know some some kind of fetish gone crazy but then as i watched it i realized no this is actually for real and then i thought okay let me do some research on this and then i uh, was fascinated to see um how many people have uh have identified with this and then really looking back probably historically for thousands of years how many people have done this um and the women who would have also just allowed their bodies to bleed into the earth um, during the red tent times. And just fascinating to me that, you know, that that we make it weird, actually. The more I researched it, the more I went, amazing that we would make that weird. Um, I posted a picture of it on social media as well of just about the show uh, and it's funny because 
you got to love the universe. You got to love people. And it's funny to me because I posted something about a week or two ago or something that was just a total joke and a half. And it was like, FYI, I have uh, a new mouse guard. It changes blowjobs up a bit. Well, I think I had over like 100 likes uh, within like 24 hours and like 100 comments within like 24 hours. People arguing for and against it, telling me how wrong I was for even saying it, and then other people defending me for my sense of humor. It cr- it created quite um, a stir. And that was what fascinates me about people is that I wrote blowjobs in there. Now, if I had actually written probably, um, I think I'm just going to randomly be writing blowjob in things so people will actually read my posts. They'll be like, bars class blowjob, uh, hashtag blowjob. And maybe people will read it. Um, or about this, which I thought, well, this this might actually intrigue people. It would int- it intrigued me when I saw it. Uh, and and it's like one of those posts where I put up ten hours ago, and there's like twelve likes. So I'm really curious what it is that we are scared of. You know, there are certain things that we just won't go there because we think that's really weird. Um, and that's usually what really intrigues me the most. And what intrigues me the most, too, about people is where they're hiding what's true for them or where any of us are hiding what would actually be one of our deepest or one of our most sincere connections. Um, but because it comes off very unusual or... Uh, I don't know another word for that other than unusual. It just comes off maybe peculiar to people or odd that what, you know, being a lover of the earth, well, I don't want to talk about that. That's freakish. But when you really read about it and you get some more information or tonight listening to this, it might actually have your mind kind of go, oh, that isn't actually a joke. Oh, that's actually an invitation to something that's far greater than I ever imagined. You know, being a lover of the earth, so some some people who are lovers of the earth are literally making out with trees. They are like licking trees. And so the only thing for me is like, I'm like, and, and this is, it may come off as a joke, but quite truly, my first image in my mind is I'm going to get a splinter in my tongue. And I just didn't want to get like a splinter in my tongue and I also thought like rubbing my genitals on a tree, I was more like concerned about splinters and like like the pain of it. Um, but still, I'm just like, I get that the trees would turn you on. So I might choose one that doesn't have like really rough bark or something. Maybe like a birch tree has sort of softer bark. Yeah, I like, so- I like softness so I could get maybe mud or sand, definitely waterfalls. I didn't even think that waterfalls would have been an eco-sexual thing. I just thought, doesn't everybody want to have sex in a waterfall? It's like everything that we ever saw from like, I think it was like the movie was like the Blue Lagoon or something in the 80s, wasn't it? I think that's what it was called and the girl was like swimming around in the water and it was like so sensual. Um, And yeah, I I don't really think I want to have um, hard bits and stuff stuck in my face um but but for the people who are enjoying it um i just wonder like how much are the trees enjoying it now 
there's a reverse side to it. There was a man who actually did an interview. I can't for the life of me remember his name because um, he didn't interest me that much. Just he was he was really there to make fun of the ecosexuals, and I, I don't get the point in shaming people uh, for their choices. So basically, what he was stating was, "Well, the Earth doesn't have a choice. So basically, you're raping the Earth." Um, I'm thinking. Are you fucking mad, man? Are you fucking mental? Uh, how could they be raping the earth when essentially they're gifting wholeheartedly from their hearts, their bodies, and their beings kindness to the earth where he's probably the same person who is probably, and I'm guessing, um, you know, over-consumering everything. Probably drives a, a vehicle that guzzles gas to the corner store that he could walk to probably has every everything that would be damaging to the earth in his home and probably covers his entire body in chemicals that will probably kill it. So, you know, I, I was just like, ah, I wasn't so interested in his shaming at all. <laughs> and um, But I did read it. And, you know, to be honest, I hadn't even considered that somebody would... Um, think of it as raping the earth. I hadn't considered that because I get that the people who are ecosexuals are actually really freaking aware, um, maybe more aware than the rest of us uh, that haven't chosen to really identify that way. Not that identifying is required. It's more like mm, really getting for ourselves, acknowledging for ourselves the connection we have with the earth and with nature that we've always had. Um, so, uh, yeah, and, and so I was, I was looking at that and I was thinking, well, well, you know, we, we have raped the earth in so many other ways. And even then, the earth is so kind and so forgiving and so willing to still contribute to us regardless regardless of all the stupidity that we've done, regardless of all the cement we've poured on her, regardless of everything that we've actually done to to destroy uh, and pull out minerals. Like, if if we as body, like, we pull out minerals all the time for everything. Our computers have tons of minerals in them. Uh, I have a collection of minerals, you know, rocks and crystals. I have one on my finger. Um, you know, I've got, gold and, and diamonds on my finger and so I can't say that I haven't done that uh, or I haven't participated in receiving from it and at the same time I wonder you know if people were pulling minerals out of our bodies and going oh I'm just I'm just going to take out of your body I'm going to take a little potassium out of your body I'm going to take some uh, these other minerals I'm just going to strip your body of your minerals and we're going to see how you survive with that. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead. So that kind of stuff to me is actually far more disturbing. And if if we were to like pull everything out of her, just like, yeah, if we did it to each other, that would be inhumane. But we do it to the earth all the freaking time. And if we were to pour on our bodies, just like we pour on the earth, if we were to pour, um, you know, gasoline, petroleum, if we, and people do put petroleum on their body, blows my mind, that's what Vaseline is and some other stuff too, but um, 
if you pour, you know, chemicals on your body, or if you grab giant balls of of waste and just if if we you know like our garbage dumps right and there's some massive garbage dumps in the world if our body is like the earth and we put massive garbage dumps all over our body uh how much rot toxic disease um would we actually have like would our flesh actually breathe would our you know it no guys we would be dead and the earth the earth is not dead the earth still thrives and she is kind and forgiving. Forgiving, she's actually got no point of view. She's like, that, you know, it's funny. Um, the Earth actually has no point of view. It's that we do a lot of stupid shit. That's really what it comes down to. So um, unaware, unkind, we do it all the time. All the time. Um, right now, using Wi-Fi, which is like, interfering all kinds of frequencies on the earth um running electricity which is like a dirty electricity as well uh i'm running electricity in general which uses water sources you know there's all kinds of stuff going on right now in my environment that would not be considered kind to the earth when you really break it down and when you look at what are we pulling out of her um so so, yeah, the earth. Where can we be her lover instead of her, um, you know, basically like her surgeon? We've basically been like a, a plastic surgeon to the earth. First, we're going to cut you open. We're going to fill you with toxic crap, like like a giant fake boob. We're going to fill you with crap, and then that's going to deplete your body because it's trying to, you know, it's trying to thrive and survive. So now it's going to be in shock for a while. Um, it's going to try and recover. It's going to need some stuff to recover. But, you know, while we're doing that operation, we're also going to pull some blood out of you. So some iron will come out. Some other stuff will come out. So your body's going to be depleted of some minerals. It's going to take you a little while to to fix that up. And that's exactly what we've done. We've basically, like, lifted a little slit of the earth, dig in some holes, shove a bunch of plastic garbage in there, make some garbage dumps, and uh, go from there. This is this actually become an eco rant, um, and I do get political about some things, and sometimes the Earth is one of them. <laughs> and uh, there are a few other things I can get political about. So, um, yeah, I guess I still have some points of view. Um, that happens, and some awarenesses. I'm gonna go with actually. I have some awarenesses, um, and I and I do have some conversations with the planet um more frequently than i think i acknowledge and i think a lot of us are having conversations with the planet more frequently than we acknowledge and one of the ways that you can pretty much be aware that you are a lover of the earth is that when you are out in nature you just feel freaking happy and you'd love to hug a tree or lie in the grass or float in the water and just be grateful for existence. If that's where you feel grateful for existence and your body lights up and turns on, I would say you are falling under the category of ecosexual because most of the time we think that it has to be um, sexual has to mean copulation and it can go there and it doesn't have to. Um, not all lovers copulate, right? And not all lovers copulate um, in the here and now, physical form. And that's a whole other topic for an, another day, actually. 
um, because I saw some post about a, a woman who was having sex with ghosts, and I was like, doesn't everybody who's aware of ghosts? Uh, I have, like, ghost orgies all the time. And she got an interview on TV, and I'm like, hi, I've been doing that since I was, like, 10 or something. Like, I was little. <laughs> just, like, so confused. I'm just so, maybe so freaking weird that I didn't even know I was weird. That I just thought everybody was as weird as me. But, A, that's cool if they're not. Maybe more people are. Um, but they just didn't know it. So... So I will be talking more about, uh, yes, make, how being a lover of things that are not physical. And the earth is physical. So, you know, we have so many, you know, there are some, you know, beautiful formations on the planet. And I saw this incredible photo that was taken of a bunch of naked bodies lying together. And from a distance, it looks like sand dunes. And when you do look at sand dunes, sort of in this particular lighting, they can look like body parts, like bums, like naked bums and breasts and um, the round, beautiful parts of our bodies or calves or bellies, like all of it. When you look at sand dunes from a distance in certain light, they're very, they can be very erotic. They can be very sensual. They have all the same curves as the bodies that we admire, men's muscles and bums and all of it, you know, whether it's um, testicles too, you know, we can find these shapes in and around the earth everywhere and we are in awe and wow of their beauty. And you look at mountain ranges, you look at rivers, you look at a river from far, far up if you were actually like to get... um say in a, an airplane or whatever from a spacecraft or something really high um it doesn't look that much different than you know a bum crack or the crack of the vulva or you look at certain canyons or certain things and they they actually all our bodies have a lot of similar images to the planet and to nature um and different natural geological geographical features and flora and fauna like you look at a woman's vulva and there was an entire series of art um there's an entire series of art done on women's vulva that is called petals and where women's labia are uh, photographed and i think there there's another version um it's called the great wall of vagina and they did sculptures of women's, uh, they did plaster casts of women's vulvas where you could actually see they look like flowers from far away. And the, so, and then the artist, um, there was a special on, on, uh, Netflix. It was like a documentary a number of years ago, um, called Petals. I don't know if it's still on there, but it is about a photographer who was taking these beautiful photographs of women's vulvas that looked like orchids. And like when you really look at them, sometimes at different angles, there's nature right in front of you, nature in these beautiful body parts. And how could we not be turned on by them? We're turned on by them when they're on the body. So uh, walking by an orchid, you might get turned on. They are rather sexual. They're rather sensual. So... 
I think um I think I would like to invite you guys to get turned on by everything you walk by just for fun just for one day walk by some nature and uh let yourself get turned on by it let yourself be turned on by the snow even we've got snow in Canada now and it could be fun to go out there and just see what that's like it's a different experience of of um temperature it could be could be erotic so um, we're going to head off to break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this show on ecosexuals. And again, if you are listening and you are identifying as an ecosexual, I would love to talk to you. So please call in. The numbers are um, on the website. So it would be great to hear from you when we come back from this break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Amelia Tsayelanich. And tonight we are talking about ecosexuals. So what is that? And are you one? I know as I started to research this topic, I started to get um, that on so many levels, I could easily identify as an ecosexual. Um, the term 
has been kind of played around with over the last little while. Um, mainly the people who have really brought it to the forefront are Beth Stevens and Annie Sprinkle. And they are, um, they are performance artists as well as educators. And they have pop-up performances around the world. I, I'm assuming around the world because they saw that they have some in Sydney and they've got them all over the place, apparently. So, um, at the point when the articles uh, were written that I was reading, they said, and that was around last year, that there are over 100,000 ecosexuals being identified or identifying themselves in the world as ecosexuals. And so I think it's going to be on the rise. Um, there, with um, Annie, and, uh, Annie and Beth, they actually have adventures for ecosex orientation. So you can explore 25 ways to make love to the earth and find your e-spot, your eco-sexy spot. And um, yeah, they, they I love what they've written. The, the show of theirs will feature a special water toast, demonstrate eco-sexercises, trying to get that out of my mouth, and climax with rubbing the planetary clitoris. Very fun. They just have fun words. They're just very funny and very <laughs> lighthearted women looking. They look really lighthearted and hilarious. Um, most of the stuff they're doing from their tour, from what I can see, is in California. Um, you know, going from San Francisco down to San Diego. Um, so, yeah, join them on their crusade if you like. It looks like they are creating a lot of fun on the planet. And what you know? What else would the planet like? You know, the planet I'm sure really would like some fun for sure. Um, we certainly create misery around it. When, for example, when somebody feels sorry for you, um, do you feel happy about that? Does it excite you? Do you feel like, oh, I'm so glad they feel sorry for me? Or are you like, oh, please, please stop it! Like, stop feeling sorry for me. Um, let's create something different. <laughs> Uh, for me, sympathy drives me mental. Like, I really don't like sympathy. I don't want you suffering with me. If you can invite me to something different, freaking tell me about it. Ask me a question, invite me to something different. But sympathy is like, sympathy is like a limp dick for me. It's so not, um, so not a turn on. So it's, it's really funny. Um, and, so why I'm saying that is because a lot of people do sympathy for the planet too. Oh, the poor Earth. The Earth is freaking magnificent, awesome, and potent. The Earth is definitely not poor. The Earth is uh, filled with phenomenal minerals that we value. For example, gold, platinum, silver. We value these things. We're willing to kill people for them. The Earth is not poor. And if we would stop saying shit like that, maybe we could actually start to heal it. Maybe if we started to recognize the potency of the planet, not feel sorry for it, but ask, what contribution can I be to the Earth? And if these ladies out there, Beth and Anne, were asking questions, they must have been asking something when they created this. And I'm wondering how much um, it is bringing joy and light to the planet and how much change it can actually facilitate for the planet. I know that one day I had a massive migraine headache and laid on the planet, and 
on the planet. Well, yeah, I'm on it. I'm walking on it. But I lay down on the grass in my front yard and I was just inviting everything to contribute to me. And two stray cats came over. My daughter ran outside. She contributed. And the earth definitely contributed. I could literally hear the bugs. My awareness had cranked up so high that my head was throbbing. And I could literally hear the bugs crawling in the ground. And I could hear the movement of, like, like the, the worms or the bugs, like, through the earth. It's fascinating. And... So to me, I'm like, I know that I can receive from the earth. And what if we added sensualness? What if we added orgasm, right? We've talked about this sort of on a um, fringe topic a bit. Like, oh, let's receive from the earth. Let's We're going to do a little um, exercise to receive from the plants and the earth. And, the, and those are lovely. And I really wonder what it would be like to get tangible with it. Um, because we are sensual beings. We have sensual... Our beings are not sensual so much as our bodies are sensual. Maybe our beings are. I'll play with that concept. Um, are you being sensual? Hmm. Is your being sensual? Maybe it is. Cool. Um, so, if we are willing to actually get physical and touch the earth and feel it up, and get familiar with it. Just like when you're willing to get familiar with you and your body, if you're willing to get familiar with the earth, touch it up, feel it up. Do you think you might have a better communication with it? Do you think possibly you might actually be able to receive the you know, the earth's communication to you? What if the earth's actually telling you exactly how to shift and change your life so that you can have more, create more, generate more, but you've been having this sort of relationship with it where you're not touching it if you had a relationship with another person and unless you're highly autistic you probably enjoy touch but if you're highly autistic you might not um although my mother who is highly autistic doesn't like touching people but would put her hands in the soil and the earth for she would prefer to just have her hands in the mud for like ever um that or on a race car but that's a whole other story so you know, if if you are somebody who actually likes touch and you'd like to, to touch, the chances are in relationship you also like to touch. So if you had a relationship with a lover, but you never touched them and you never communicated with them, how well would that go for you? Uh, would you feel a little bit like, hi, hi, um, hi, do we have a relationship? Or do you think that, you know, maybe the earth is like, hi, remember me, we have a relationship. Hi, remember me? Hi, I've been trying to talk to you, but you're not listening to me. I was sending you energetic texts, and you're not responding. Why aren't you responding to me? And the earth is like having these conversations with us, and we're just like, tra-la-la, I don't know what you mean. I'm looking for something else. It must be grander. That's too simple. What if it really is that simple? What if we start having conversations with the earth, touch the earth, touch the flora, touch the fauna, you know, what if this um, these sensual bodies can pick up information on levels that we're not even aware of? What if we really are like Avatar and we just, you know, kind of uh, connect ourselves in to the Earth and to the other creatures? Like, what what if we are more like Avatar than 
than we ever imagined and that we can receive information, gift information, uh, change, contribute, uh, all of it. Just like, what if? And I get that we are actually far more like Avatar than um, than we look. <laughs> we might not look like Avatar, but we are pretty highly connected if we choose to be. And if we can tap into that kind of possibility of energy and what else is possible beyond that, you know, where where could our lives be in five years or ten years from now? Where could the planet be? If everybody chose to love up the earth, would we ever actually have war? No, we might actually be so kind that we wouldn't want to throw off fireworks in our uh, lover's face or throw bombs off in our lover's face, you know? We might not want to spill crap all over our lover because we love our lover because we actually want to look after our lover because we want to contribute to our lover and have our lover contribute to us. Now, I'm just wondering if we start throwing crap all over our lover, you know, is our lover going to be thrilled to be contributing or our lover might not have a point of view about it. But, you know, eventually we throw a bunch of crap on our lover. They get kind of to the point where, you know, you got you got oil on your lover's penis, which isn't going to be happy oil to, like, copulate with. So you got to put that penis away. You might have thrown some toxic waste on your lover's breasts, so you can't really touch those because now they're all contaminated. But if we start to clean it up and clear it up and start to love the earth like our lover, uh, I'm just really curious what that would change. I might just take a week off and go make love to the planet Maybe have some fun in a waterfall. Maybe make more love under the moon, which I have occasionally run outside in the moon just naked for fun because I can because there's no neighbors. And even if there was, I'd probably still do it. Um, masturbating under the sun, one of my favorites. And uh, having sex in the fields, so fun having sex in the water. So maybe I'll just choose to ramp up the eco-sexual side of me and see what contribution I can be to the planet because I know the planet's been talking to me about something and maybe I just need to get a little more familiar with my lover and find out what what's required. So if any of this topic spoke to you in any way, I, I really would love to hear from you about that. If you would like to hear about other topics, please feel free to let me know. And please stay tuned to the creation of the Hedonist classes and there will be definitely different topics on these Hedonist classes coming up. They will be workshops, play shops. Um, I don't know what you would call them right now. I call them like orgasmic shops, times something or other, fun times. And uh, so stay tuned. Keep an eye on my on my webpage and sign up for my email list where I'll be inviting you to join the naughty list very shortly. So thank you so much for joining me this week. And uh, I look forward to next week when we're I'm going to delve into more things, my fun pleasure seekers. So follow me on Facebook um, where you will find random posts, uh, random occasional posts all the time about different fun, sexy things on the Pleasure Zone uh, radio page. So thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week till we play again. 
Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.